listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast with your host, Andy Plymer. Bringing you up-to-date coaching concepts from the world of rugby. Sharing ideas to make the game better. All right, welcome to episode number 67 of the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. Coming in now is a uh, returning guest. Uh, He's the wizard himself, the co-founder of uh, the Magic Academy, formerly of the RFU, and he was a guest earlier in the podcast. It's Russell Earnshaw. How you doing, Rusty? I'm good, mate. Good to see you. 67 episodes. That's a lot of uh, a lot of graft. <laughs> yeah, I've been plugging away, man. Wow, we're on about uh, six or seven, so can yeah. only hope of reaching your uh, heights. <laughs> yeah, and yours are great too. We'll talk about that later um, about the pod. So um, yeah, there's been I've listened to them all, and there, there's some great great chats on there. The Brian Ashton one was awesome. Yeah, mate, he's class, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total legend. We infiltrated his house. Uh, <laughs> Had tea with Brian and uh, and Helen and uh, just chewed the fat. It was a mate. It was it was a, it was an awesome half a day. If I'm honest, you oh, can. Uh, it was like CPD for me and Fletch. Enjoyed it. Yeah, great, awesome. And you must be. Uh, this is, we're recording this the day after England triumphed against Ireland at the Aviva. What's uh, what's your takeaway from that that game, other than pure joy? Um, yeah, I'm excited. Well, I'm going into England this week on Thursday, so that's uh, right. it'll be a good place to go in. I think they'll be bouncing. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow, just a real clinical performance, wasn't it? I yeah. think we we had a pretty decent strategy to deal with their kicking game. I thought our defence was class. Mm, um, our kick chase was excellent. Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting to see Ireland probably struggling to chase a game at the end. I mean, they were, they were box kicking it out with six minutes to go, and mm. I'm thinking... Do you guys think you're winning? Yeah. So I think they'll learn a lot. I think Ireland will learn a lot. But I, so. I also think the impact, you know, the the confidence it'll give England will be um, be pretty significant. Yeah, I thought they um, I think guys like Billy Vunapola being back and Tuolangi, um, that 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 Farrell Tuolangi Slade combination, if they can keep that healthy, holy hell! Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. I just thought. Uh, when we needed to be physically brutal, we were mm. physically when we needed, you know, a bit of class. So Slady, obviously, and mm. Johnny May, and uh, it's just some nice moments in the game where we cut them up as well. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, the, the first big question: um, Do do not do you think um, they'll win the World Cup, or will they win the World Cup? I think it's pretty hard to predict who's going to win the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, look, we're in with a chance. Yeah. The same as yeah. Ireland, New Zealand, probably Wales. Yeah. Um, never bet against South Africa or uh, Australia. Tend yeah. to do pretty well in World Cups. They tend to struggle in between, and then yeah. suddenly pull some magic out of the bag. It's true. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's going to be competitive. Yeah, no, for sure. Cool. So yeah, it's like, since we last chat, you, you've left the RFU and you've you've uh, started up. Um, Full time, uh, you're a full time magician. Is that is that on your uh, resume now? Full time magician. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my daughter is aware that that's who I work for, which is a good start. I, I actually got a couple of good magic tricks. Um, that's as far as it goes. So yeah, we're full time. Me and Fletch. Yeah. Academy doing a bit of stuff individually as well. So <clears throat> yeah, it's. I mean, it's uh, it's been amazing, really. Just like. 
I'll be honest, like completely liberating being your own boss. Yeah. I struggled with it because I've generally had a job and a check goes in at the end of the month and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've just felt liberated really. And it's, 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 you know, I get to hang with good people. I get to choose what I do. So I tend to be following the energy. So I've just had a nice little trip over to your, your neck of the woods in uh, Canada for a period yeah. of time. Um, I've just been to Germany. We're going to, to go to, um, where are we going? Singapore and Malaysia. I've <clears throat> got a trip to Russia coming up. So yeah, we're just, uh, I mean, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been amazing, really. Lots of lots of people keen to kind of connect and, and work together, and so I've, um, yeah, I'm living the dream, really. Cool, awesome. And so, for for those who aren't aware of the Magic Academy, what what is it that you and Fletch do, and what is it that you offer? Um, you know, as a product, you probably hate that word, um, but um, what, what what is it that you you can you can put out there? Yeah, we're probably the two worst salesmen in the world. <laughs> the product kills me. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's a bit like hearing, you know, the factory, you know, the fa- football mm. factory or the athlete factory or stuff like that. Cattle. Um, yeah, cattle, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. Yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, we started out by, you know, we're, we're doing challenge cards for coaches and for mm. players. And we've done some coach development ones. I guess that would be a, a, a tool to help support coaches. Um, we've just got another thing in the pipeline at the moment that I think is going to going to have a significant impact i think it'll have a much bigger impact than than they have which has already been pretty significant uh, and then i guess we're doing a bit of work with different environments around learning and um yeah you know, helping helping coaches get better really so work across a number of domains both work with british hockey uh, I work a bit with Birmingham City, a bit with uh, Worcestershire Cricket, with ECB Women, a little bit of stuff with Google, um, a bit of stuff with a college firm, Tyler Grange. So lots of different areas and getting to learn in all those places and share and seems to be going all right at the moment. Fletch is the busiest man in the world. So he's doing, uh, I think his family forgot what he looks like. So he's been uh, out and about a lot recently. <clears throat> doing a fair bit of stuff for UK sport as well, so yeah, it's been um, it's been class really. Cool. So if a, if a club, you know, or a, a, a union or, or something like that got got you guys in for a weekend, what what what's it going to look like on the field when you when you're training up coaches out on the out on the paddock? Yeah, I mean, it'd be very much dependent on their needs, if I'm honest. So um, some stuff around working in teams, some stuff around, you know, some of the themes at the moment, probably co-coaching, how you work as coaches, um, probably some stuff around how you how you get opportunities to develop yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably looking a bit at some of the off-the-ball stuff. So, you know, most of the invasion sports are actually off-the-ball sports. Yeah. You spend more time off the ball. So stuff around that, probably some um, stuff around noticing and then helping support players individually to get better um yeah just i mean guess whatever their needs are really yeah. spending different environments we you know we we tend to encounter similar stuff going on so um yeah lots of lots of themes and i guess we can share some solutions from from other worlds yeah well that that off the ball um stuff is is great i i had a big focus uh, this year actually on it um where we were looking at um you know, the amount of time it took guys to get up off the ground after they've made a tackle. And we had a clicker on it and uh, we set a standard of what we expected was, you know, that you're not lying on the ground, that you're actually back in the game. 
Um, and we were monitoring that um, throughout the game and had, had really big impact because it can be quite it can be quite vague that that work off the ball. Yeah, I quite like the. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not saying it's it. You know, it's 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 zero or one. Mm. What I am saying is that let's have a discussion around what we're doing off the ball and yeah. is it effective. So sometimes you might get up really slowly to kid someone into coming to you. Now that might be effective. However, I think the reality is off the ball. Certainly in attack, what are people doing? Are they mm. engaging defences? Is, is the end man looking like he's a threat? Is he? Is he stretching the defence through going wide? Is he <clears throat> working off his wing to support the ball a la Chris Ashton? Oh, yeah, I was just about to mention him. He's one to watch <clears throat> for that stuff. He's brilliant at it. Yeah, I mean, lots of even, you know, he may not be the person making the line break, but he's an inside support runner, for example, and that cr- creates, you know, confusion for defences and, and, and other, you know, ball players get to go through holes. So, um yeah, probably just getting people to better understand how they could be more effective off the ball, both, I guess, in attack and in defence. Cool. And what um what about you mentioned the the challenge cards there? I, I I haven't got my hands on a on a pair yet. Nudge nudge, wink wink. Um, but um, <laughs> what what's, how's that work? Uh, if you if you're looking at um you know using that as a as in a session, um how how do you roll that out with coaches and how can they incorporate that into their session? Yeah, I mean, look, it's um, once again, they're deliberately, <clears throat> probably, um, outcomes so that people can fill in blanks. Mm. So the original set had some player and coach challenges in. So how have I seen them used? Well, I've seen players racing to the side of the pitch to get a challenge, to having a go at a, something else they've never had a go at. So mm. it might be kicking or going for an intercept. or and, and then what a great opportunity for coaches to see someone do something and then reinforce it and say, I bet you can't do another two intercepts in the next five minutes or mm. I bet you can't coach someone else. Uh, coach challenge cards, I think, depend very much upon the level of trust uh, between coach and coach or player and coach. So I've seen lots of coaches who are brave enough for players to pick challenge cards for them. Yeah, uh, The players will be very aware of <clears throat> the areas the coaches might need some support with. Um, I've seen... <clears throat> Harlequins DPP, for example, where they sit round and they pick and choose them for each other based upon their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, the latest set are really almost like a coach development set, although I, I kind of sell them as the the hundred and odd mistakes I've made over the last twenty years. <laughs> so lots of you know exploring different ways of giving feedback. I always thought there was only one way. Mm. Uh, exploring different ways of having huddles. Clearly, there's lots of stuff that has tradition, uh, so we've divided it up into into like prime time. So that's that's essentially a meeting, but be some for example, you know, reduce your slides by fifty percent. Meeting has to last nine minutes max. Stand in a different place, and they're really just about maybe perturbing people slightly and getting them to go, oh, okay, I noticed this. So it might be that in a game, if you stand in a different place and you stand at the end towards which your team's playing, you have a different experience to standing on the sidelines surrounded by all the parents. So they're really a little bit of a disruption, a little bit of a nudge. And <clears throat> I think the, the art then is to how you reflect upon them and how you take what you've learned and incorporate it into your coaching because I wouldn't want anyone to coach exactly the same as me or exactly mm. the same as you. Mm. I would want them to be to be themselves and coach to their own strengths. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
there's one card that um, you know have a positive interaction with every player, um, which I think would would and should be a norm. Um, however, um, I, I'm aware that it was given to a coach, and uh, and because he was so not like him, I think some of the feedback from players was is a little bit creepy. So, uh, so I, I can't you know I can't tell you that it's all going to be successful. However, mm. that's feedback, and maybe mm. it's just that you know we we start gently, and actually it's you know, we we maybe focus on the two or three kids that need our support the most, or the two and three kids that we don't tend to hang out with as much as we possibly should. Yeah. So I, I just a, a little bit of disruption, a little bit of gentle, friendly disruption for coaches. Cool. And, and coaches looking to get their hands on them, uh, the Magic Academy website is the best spot to check out? Yeah, so www.themagicacademy.co.uk and they're in there and you can get a, you can get a beanie hat with Beat the Game on and um, yeah, you can you know go 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 mental with a beanie hat and a set of cards. You should be calling them Tooks now after being in Canada, no? Tooks, I know, Tooks. mate. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was given a few Tooks in Canada, and uh, I was yeah, well done, good good. <laughs> I've forgotten the word already. I need to use it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, good segue <laughs> then. You talk talk to us about your time in Canada. You just spent a, a week or so over in uh, BC and Alberta, um, working with those provincial unions. Uh, what what that look like, and what were those experiences like? And when are you moving um, here? <clears throat> wow, yeah, well, in a heartbeat, <laughs> if I'm honest, I could afford to live in Vancouver. Yeah, not wrong. <clears throat> it's really expensive. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So really, Tony Lacart just messaged me. We he's been a bit of a, um, you know, he's been involved in Magic Academy over a few years, yeah. and we a bit on Twitter and share ideas, and yeah, as bloke. you do, yeah, top man, good guy. Um, and he just said, look, would you come over then? I was coming over and then Moff, Graham Moffat over in Alberta said, look, could you kind of fit us in as well? So, yeah, so we did four days in BC. Um, we did um, a conference and a bit of other stuff and then came over to Alberta, spent a bit of time in Edmonton, a bit of time in Calgary. It was minus 20. <coughs> did a, That's spring, mate, spring. It's <laughs> <laughs> a coach development day uh, on the gondolas in Lake Louise. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. All my dreams came true in one yeah. day. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was class. I mean, I, 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 you know, some of the my take-homes, I guess, um, there's a lot more female coaches in Canada than England. Yeah. More female coaches day one than I've met in 10 years in England. That's great. Um, yeah, I mean, brilliant. The other thing that I, that I loved was I would be very much about, look, let's start the coaching and then let's involve other people. Let's get a bit of co-coaching going on and um, – so I would go, look, who wants to go? We'll have a little skill zone here. Who's interested in coaching it? And everyone's hand goes up. I then say, oh, I'm going to join in. I need to get my steps up. So does anyone <laughs> lead the game and practice some of their, you know, their, their house skills? And same again, you know, a whole load of hands go up. So um, I think that's, you know, I, I just, I was just excited by how people were willing and wanting to learn so much. And, mm to be vulnerable so you know two people coached <clears throat> a bit of stuff around the scrum and line out and you know there was there was 70 odd people watching them mm. that's brave yeah that's awesome yeah uh so um yeah it was uh it was it was a great time really just loved it um i'm yeah i'm i'm planning on coming back in june for your your Canada conference, and then maybe um, maybe come to stay with you in July because I've just sure, got my plans for, yeah. uh, for for the trip to Maine as well. So uh, we'll uh, 
we'll sort the road trip out. Well, we're doing this uh, this interview in the uh, in the man cave uh, downstairs, so uh, I'll give you a tour once we're finished. Yeah, uh, well, virtual tour. Sorry. I lived in uh, I lived in Moff's man cave for a period of time. <laughs> they're uh, they're sizable, aren't they? The yeah. man cave. No, they're big. They're big. It's great. <laughs> Um, cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And isn't that great? Like I, I think we've all had those experience at coaching conferences where you just do a quick scan of the crowd and like 80% of them have got their arms crossed and you know, not really, you don't feel that they're really throwing themselves into that. So to hear that, uh, that, that's great feedback. Yeah. And the other thing I loved was Henry Paul was there and, and Damian McGrath. Mm. So, you know, there's two guys who are coaching at the top end of the game and, Obviously, big years ahead of them with World Cup and with World Series, and both there in the mix with coaches, you know, running real good sessions, mm. chewing the fat over food. You know, I just think, um, I just love that. I mean, it just felt like a real good community of, you know, a real good learning community to be part of. No, that's great. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've worked hard over there in, uh, in BC and Alberta. I know Moss has been doing a, a bunch to, to really uh, drive the standards of coaching there. And, um, um, Tony's predecessor, Dean Merton, had, had been in there for a while and he'd been working really hard on that stuff too and, and Tony's uh, coming in and upping that as well. So, yeah, two two great provinces leading leading the way uh, for, for a lot well, of that Well, especially considering the geography of your country. Yeah. So your challenge, you know, my the challenge in England is, you know, that Newcastle's quite far away, so I might go and get to see Aidan McNulty only a couple of times a year. Well, mm. Newcastle's relatively close by Alberta standards. <laughs> exactly. um, and yeah. uh, fair play to Moff because he's getting out there. He's hanging with coaches. He's mm. he's organising stuff. People are, you know, meeting up. And we did a lot of cross-sports stuff. So up at the um, university, we had all kinds of different sports. And then we went in to spend time at school. Same again, you know, people from basketball and football and ice hockey and field hockey and just kind of sharing problems and solutions, and yeah, it was a um, yeah, it was pretty pretty special time, really. That's great. All right, cool. So for for coaches out there who you know uh, are wanting to explore kind of philosophies that are parallel to what what you, you guys are doing at the Magic Academy, what what's your advice to them if uh, with you know encountering resistance from you know the old guard at their club or from from Often, I've I've found it from senior players more than more than uh, the younger guys and girls. Like, what, what's what's your advice to that? Um, understand which bus stop you're picking them up from. Think that you know you might take them a little bit away down the road rather than all the way. Sometimes, you know, I, I often I would have um, you might only have one opportunity with someone, so I might go in all guns blazing at that stage, but that would be rare. Mm. I think building rapport, getting to understand why they think like they do and then just nudging them a bit gently would be my view. Um, often using the players, so, you know, and, and clearly the other thing that works is success. Mm. So mm. we've had some players over here and coaches who've had real success with, you know, coaching through games, through um, maybe not being quite as rigid in their structures by um, coaching a bit more of the unstructured parts of the game. And so <clears throat> that success then kind of people then maybe change their mind a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think it's different for every coach. Um, and I think you've also got to realise that some you won't win. Mm. <clears throat> some, yeah, of the exactly. most, some of the most frustrated coaches I speak to are 
are forwards coaches who are assistant coaches. Mm. So if your head coach thinks like this and you don't, if your um, forwards think like this and you don't, then it can be a challenge. Mm. Uh, I really like um, <clears throat> Ed Robinson's done some good work. So Ed's gone to Jersey. He was involved at Bristol Academy a bit and then he went up to Rotherham and he's just been at Jersey this year and really opened up how they play the game. And uh, he told me a story of about three games. They'd lost their first three games of the season. Mm. Um, and Harvey Biljon, who's the head coach, came called him in and he was like going, oh my God, you know, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna go back to how it used to be. <clears throat> and Harvey said, um, we need to do what we're doing harder. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is like, Wow, and he, he rang me just after that, and he was like, "That's pretty exciting." And mm. I mean, they do really well in the league. They're probably the team that are certainly punching above their financial weight at the moment. And they won the they recently won the Sky Sports Try of the Year, so it's worth yeah, a wicked. it's worth a look. They beat all the Super Rugby tries, and oh, I think I saw it actually. Yeah. So um, yeah, and, and and you would speak to to Ed, and he would say, "Well, that's just what training looks like." Mm. So yeah, there's. I mean, we're we're gradually and and clearly as a group of you know, I think there's probably been probably you know seven, eight, nine, ten years of you know, players coming through who start to be coached like this and mm. influencing environments. So you can see how you know selecting Slade or <clears throat> how Farrell plays are having a influence on how England play. Uh, they're definitely uh, influencing the coaches. Yeah, yeah, I I find that too. With uh, I find that the kids, the adults, up until you know, guys our age who who still play, the the rest are on board. Like they they love it. They they embrace it. They it's a, it's a totally new style of you know uh, training environment for them, and that's never an issue. It's it's yeah, you know, and I think it's different here too in in somewhere like Canada compared to England, where it's like. It's not a. It's not a. It's not the main sport here. So I'd be interested to see, you know, some hockey environments, ice hockey environments. Um, where... I met an NHL player when I was over there. Oh yeah, who was uh, it? I can't remember his name, and I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> but I, but I did ask him uh, mm. what what's coaching like in the mm. NHL. He said um, about ten years behind everyone else. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? I mean, yeah. One of the things I noticed in rugby over there, so I obviously watched a few sessions, and they were. They were class. So um, I, re- I watched a great session with uh, Alana up in Edmonton. If you're th- third, fourth, fifth choice sport, then you've got you've to give the kids a pretty good time because yeah. they've had some pretty poor experiences if they've been rejected by a few others before it. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I really enjoyed the kind of uh, the movement around, let's just give kids a brilliant experience. Let's yeah. get them to tell other kids about that experience. Let's get their parents to want to tell other parents about rugby because then we can grow our game. So I really enjoyed that kind of mindset over there. Yeah. Um, clearly the other sports probably have it pretty easy so they can get away with, you know, what they've got away with essentially. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think that goes for senior club as well. Like a lot of people make this distinction that, okay, they're now out of school and they're playing senior club. It's got to be. I'm, I'm the other way around. Like I, I want it to be as. I want the Tuesday night session to be their funnest experience of that week. You know, I, I don't want them dragging themselves to practice. You know. Yeah, they got to work for the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, may exactly. Not, uh, that may not be that exciting. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, that's, I mean, and why not? So once again, lots of coaches over here having real success at senior level. And as that starts to take hold, then hopefully the, you know, we'll, the, the game will change. And some of the people that see the game being played a certain way, they may, they may adapt as well. Yeah. Yes. All right, cool. So let's um, we'll talk a little bit about your podcast. What was the, what was the goal of uh, starting that up? And, uh, what what's been some of the real highlights of the conversations you've had with the with your guests so far? Well, as you can tell, me and Fletch aren't that organised, so we're not doing a regular <laughs> one. We did about five in September, and I've already done two this two this month, so yeah. doing one tomorrow. Uh, it was really just to have some some conversations with people I felt would have impact upon coaching. Yeah. So um, yeah. we just did one with Richard Cheatham, who was. Recently, UK coach developer of the year, yeah. Um, yeah. top man, legend. Yeah, Obviously, done a bit of stuff over in Canada. Yeah. Um, doesn't realise what a legend he is. That's what I love about him. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> did one yesterday with Nick Wilkinson, who's got a real good story around, you know, how he lost his job and then he's found coaching and he's now full time coaching and he's, right. he's doing a real good job. Um, and we're doing one tomorrow with Richard Shorter around parent stuff. So I guess lots of stories we felt would, would resonate with coaches. Uh, the first one we did Dean, was with Dean Clark. Now, Dean has got a brain the size of a planet. So even I was struggling with that one. But some of the, you know, we get really like, <clears throat> you get the most random feedback. So I got a email off a guy who's working in uh, with, Ab- with with challenging Aboriginal communities in, in the middle of Australia. Mm. He just said, look, I listened to your podcast, gave me real clarity on a couple of things and it's changed my world. And I'm thinking, wow, really? that's, that's <clears throat> you, never, you never think it's going to have that impact. And I'm, I'm sure you're the same. I'm sure you get lots of people that kind of give you, give you good feedback that you, you just didn't expect really. So I think it's, uh, yeah. it's seeped for us as well we get to learn stuff yeah. i guess and we we share some stuff with uh with coaches yeah i got i got a great email um last week actually from a bloke uh in in the uk saying uh i just saying thanks for doing the pod and how it's you know it, it's inspired him to get back into coaching and and also helped him out in the workplace as well which i, I thought was pretty cool he's uh he does some uh, management and coaching in in the business world and he, he's been applying um some of the stuff he's learnt from the pod uh, in his in his workplace. So I thought that 10%, was awesome. you get 10%, yeah. don't you? <laughs> okay, it's cool. I've got it, surely. <laughs> Interestingly, I was just in Germany and obviously over there, you know, not many people are full-time coaches over there. So when when we started to kind of go, well, what was the stuff that resonated? People were saying, I need to change this with my business and I need to do this. And <laughs> the guy who was head of Huddle for Europe said, I've been managing my people terribly. I need to do this. <laughs> And so uh, I was uh, thinking, yeah, ten percent would be nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all you—you—you you, you would experience it. It's all about people. So it, it, it very rarely comes down to the X's and O's, mm. people's problems or their successes. It's—it's it's always about people and how can you support them and get the best out of them and how can you stretch your best and yeah, how do you help other people come through and, and develop? Um, and how do you deal with that person who's a real problem? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's generally what I'm hearing from coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. And what um what about the the Six Nations? What are your what are your hopes and dreams of uh, what what we're going to see there as uh, fans? Um, 
I want to see some rugby that inspires, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, I think we saw glimpses of that. I think we saw half of it from France. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the wet still yeah. offloading like, uh, you know, three or four times in a phase. Uh, I love it. Yeah, they're really direct and very French and clearly a very French second half as well. So, uh, <laughs> of course. Throw it away. Uh, and to be fair, Wales, some some strong moments. And mm. I love the way Scotland play. Scotland don't necessarily have the the firepower of some of the other teams in terms of the physical players, so they've got to be a little bit more um, creative in how they play the game. So I, I really enjoyed some of the stuff I saw from them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Italy were, you know, I think they could. Uh, I think they probably need to think a little bit about how they're going to compete against the top teams. I'm not sure they can do that by playing at a percentage of what the top teams do. And mm. I think England with confidence behind them and, you know, we'll, we'll go from strength to strength. Yeah. Yeah, I thought um, Italy, when they decided to play, they played 10 minutes at the end there. That was bloody red-hot rugby. And, you know, if they can they can reproduce, you know, a bit more of that, uh, that, that would be promising. Yeah, and, you know, you probably got to ask yourself the question of why they weren't playing like that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, It's often game plans and strategies and we think Scotland will do this and then yeah. last 10 minutes chasing game was probably the best bit of the game. Yeah, so it was, it was some great rugby. They were you know, playing against 14, but still, um, you know, it was, that, that was how I'd like to see it played. Yeah, I think you've got to be brave if you're Italy. You've yeah. got to go, we're yeah. going to. We're going to try and score some tries. Yeah, yeah, agree. All right. Well, uh, last thing before the the final four questions, um, I saw you uh, you got into a bit of a, a Twitter not a Twitter row, but you you commented on a on a post on Twitter uh, last week where uh, a, a rugby club for I don't know it was under thirteens or something like that promoting their their great day of beating another team one hundred and five to five, and they. They tagged the other team in the tweet, and <laughs> you jumped on it. Uh, what, talk, talk us a bit through that, and um, what, what's your? What, why do you have a, a, a strong uh, opinion about uh, those kind of things? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was, I was actually pretty agitated. I was relatively calm. I thought, uh, I, I like the fact that it's now, <clears throat> it's not the norm. So mm, lots yeah. of people would go, hang on, you know, you thought about the, the consequences of this, so. I mean, there was no conversion, so it was 20 tries to one in a 40-minute game. It's a try every two minutes. I'm not sure how I'd feel if I was on the losing team. And I'm definitely thinking there could have been some some way of playing a bit better. So maybe we take the best players from the from the team, the team and they get to support the other players and they get a bit of extra challenge. Or maybe we score the game differently or maybe we think about, you know, giving one team extra players or setting some individual challenges for players or moving their positions around with the intent of actually everyone having probably a better learning experience. Yeah. Um, yeah and and, and it's, the, it's the kids that drop out of the game in. In you know, in a month, six months, a year's time that we we don't hear about. There's yeah. it's interesting. I was chatting to a, a guy in New Zealand the other week, and he was talking about the of the kids that play rugby at 13 in New Zealand. It's about 10 percent go on to senior rugby, and wow. we have some significant drop offs as would you around certain ages. So you know, mm. 16 to 18 is it's quite a challenging time, as is about 14. So Stuff that's going to accelerate their, them leaving the game, probably we need to avoid. Mm. Uh, 
and I definitely wouldn't be shouting about it on Twitter like I'd won the World Cup final. Mm. Uh, there's actually regulation in England around it, so once the game goes beyond 50, it should be stopped, or clearly before it gets to 50, there should have been some attempts to even it up. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard, I spoke to the RFU about it, and they're going to go in and do a bit of work with the coaches and help support them, and, and that's, so I actually think it's a pretty cool outcome that mm. people so oh, hang on, this isn't you know this isn't a good learning experience, and they are a few step in and you know help support that club. So I think we're we're that stuff's getting phased out. I think we've had a lot of coaches that have almost gone through the kids first stuff for several years now, and it's quite normal to to be focused on making games competitive rather than it being about competition. Mm. Uh, but there's clearly you know there's clearly still a few exceptions. And, yeah. I think we're I think we're definitely on the right track. Yeah, just to keep fighting the good fight, eh? Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, you've been on the pod before, so I'm not going to roll out the same final four questions we usually do. So I got a I got a bit of a rusty special for you. I um I threw it together, and we'll see how it goes. Um, first one, favorite teacher as a kid, and why? Oh wow, God, oh, my memory's so bad, but I'm going to say. <laughs> And my wife kills me for my memory. So I had um, I had a couple of uh, science teachers. I had uh, Mr. Makin, who was a physics teacher, and I had a chemistry teacher. And I think they just made it fun, you know. So, you know, they were throwing sodium in water, and I think they were getting mercury out when you shouldn't have been getting mercury out. Uh, I remember having uh, one teacher that scared the living bejesus out of me, so... Mr. Mr. C, who taught history, and I remember going back to, uh, I think, to, to collect something a couple of years afterwards and uh, and still calling him sir and being very... <laughs> We'd sit in class in silence and then he'd go, <clears throat> and people would, would literally jump. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think my science teachers, and I mean, my son's just gone through it, you know, he's just picked subjects, he's just picked teachers, not subjects, and... I did sciences at A level, and those guys definitely uh, definitely had impact on me. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and often it's not the the stuff they're teaching you, but it's just like coaching, right? It's the relationships or the the, the funny yeah, well, moments you remember. So, Mr. Preston coached a bit of rugby, but also did woodwork. But I was so bad at woodwork, so I remember trying to make a shelf, and it just turned out into a name plaque. So, I think uh, I enjoyed Mr. Preston, but probably because I was so incompetent at woodwork probably <laughs> didn't get a mention yeah, sweet sweet all right and um sticking with the the childhood theme what were some of the funnest things you used to do with your mates as a kid i just don't know if it exists anymore that you know yeah you build dens and you collect mud balls and you use a thickest <laughs> gun great. and the opposition hide over the other yeah. you know instance and yeah maybe climb trees as a lookout and um I'm just not sure it exists anymore. Yeah, like playing war or something like that. We used to call that. Like, yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah. And, you know, having dens and little stashes. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not so sure, really. I think uh, our kids sometimes climb trees in the park. And I think, God, I must have climbed a lot of trees when I was young. And maybe there was just more trees. Yeah. <laughs> or less, or less uh, iPhones. Yeah, the other thing I did loads of, actually, because outside our house was a hill. So uh, we just, I just played one-on-one with my brother for ages, like 
I would generally always be up the hill because I was two years older and, you know, probably perfected my chip kick that I was never allowed to use because I was a forward. Uh, so we did lots of one-on-one in the street that, uh, you know, that maybe helped me be okay at rugby, I guess. Uh, cool, sweet. All right, and third one, uh, a bit more current day now. Um, how, how, how does being a parent help you be a better coach? Well, I, I say it a lot, but I'm not saying you have to have kids, but I definitely think it helps. Yeah. Um, just under, you know, just being patient and understanding. Mm. You know, I would my yeah. litmus test would always be: would I want that person to coach my kids? Mm. Actually, what's going, what's going through that kid's mind is 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 almost impossible to know. Mm. So I'm always trying to do my best, and clearly, I don't always get it right. So to to coach kids as I would my my own. So getting to understand them, getting to connect with them, trying to find out what their strengths are, trying to, you know, support them as best I can and stretch them where I can. Um, so, yeah, just, yeah, I mean, guess has a huge impact. You probably become a little less selfish as well, mm. brutally honest. Um, and you start to think of others, which is, you know, um, my, my biases would say the coach – that in order to be a good coach, you've got to care about people. And that's not that's not all necessarily pink and fluffy. That's actually, I care about you and I'm, I'm giving you this feedback around your behavior at the moment. So that's not a, that's not a, everything's, you know, rosy. That's also, you know, telling people when they need to be told. Yeah, yeah, right on. Cool. And last one, um, you're, you're crossing over into a bunch of different sports now. What, what's a sport that you uh, you haven't been involved in or coached in or or, or helped coaches in that you, you'd really like to get your, get your hand in? Um, we're just starting to do a little bit of stuff with shooting. So um, trying to get my – I coach a lot of team sports. Mm. So actually uh, what is essentially a, an individual sport, um, certainly the, the guys we're speaking to, is um, – it's fascinating. Mm. So I probably would, you know, I'm, I'm trying to spend a bit of time uh, with kicking coaches and uh, trying to better understand, you know, what that looks like on a on a one to one coaching level. Often I'm coaching in teams, so yeah. I think the the area I would definitely need to improve would be that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about that because once again, it's something I just don't know anything about. So we went. Uh, we went uh, to to a really nice shooting place with the uh, with the Olympic coaches and uh, and did some shooting and it turned out me and Fletcher better at shooting than we thought we would be <laughs> and so we're going to embark upon you know doing a little bit of stuff with those guys so yeah I'm I'm, I'm pumped for that if I'm honest oh, that's awesome cool all right Rusty well it's been been great having you on the show again and um, you know there's been a bit of water under the bridge since uh, the last episode and it's exciting to see uh, how the magic academy's uh, moving forward and uh, great that you had a great experience out here in canada and uh, hope to catch you in the in the summer when you when you're on your way out here again oh well, mate i'm looking forward to it get the uh, make sure the man caves all sorted for us <laughs> it will be it'll be spot on and uh, the fridge will be stocked up too beautiful <laughs> cheers mate cheers dude bye for listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review via iTunes and keep listening for the next episode. You can 
also follow us via Twitter at RugbyCoachesCNR or via the website therugbycoachescorner.com. Until next time, keep sharing ideas to make the game better.